Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. We're going? Yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Father Nathan. Father Michael Lachlan, greetings. Welcome to Catholic Stuff. We are back in the home state of Colorado, far, far away from the, uh, the chaos of the L.A. Congress. Yeah, I was listening to part of the one from from there, and it was, was just like too. it was like so <laughs> loud. I couldn't remember how loud it was. Yeah. So plus we had the uh, unpop guarded mics and and all that. So oh, was we it? were a little bit more ghetto. I don't know. I don't think it was that. I think it was just you. You. I mean, these microphones. Obviously, you need to speak into one end of them, but they're they're picking up stuff from everywhere. So right. All that made us look sound important. I thought I was like, oh look, there's a crowd. I thought the funniest thing was when people were just kind of walking by, kind of looking like. <laughs> Who are these guys? And the only thing that designated us was an eight by eleven <laughs> sheet of paper that Father Michael had written Catholic stuff. You should know, uh, and taped it to the front of the table, so people are kind of looking, yeah. um, which is perfectly fine with me. It is funny though. There's enough enough name recognition. Who was it? Um, Leah Labresco came out here. Uh, she the atheist had the conversion and she does blogging on oh, yeah. Pathos, et cetera. Uh -huh. Great girl, great story. She did a theology on tap. And, um, and so I walked up to her afterwards and I just said, Oh, I said, you know, I, I love, I love your blog. I love everything you do. And I love your conversion story. And I wanted to give her story to a couple of atheist friends of mine. And so I had her like sign the book to them. And, uh, and then she, and then I said, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm father Michael O'Loughlin. Nothing. <laughs> From Catholic stuff, you should know. Oh, I see your. She perks up a little bit. Oh, I, I, I have some friends that listen to that, which was like, okay, yeah, right. So there's a little bit of recognition among those that uh, that do the same thing we do, similar things we do. Can I just say, uh, I want to give a, a just a quick shout out to the Denver Catholic Register. Uh, the Catholic Register gave us a shout out. Yeah. In the in the archdiocesan paper, because we were on Word on Fire. Yeah. <laughs> they did not care about us at yeah, all. It was like, it was like, it was like <laughs> thank you for acknowledging that we were on Word on Fire. We have our own show. Uh, it's called Catholic <laughs> Stuff You Should Know. It's actually doing quite well. Um, and uh, thank you. Um, I, I did appreciate it. A lot of people were very excited. And as I've said to people in, before, uh, if you're listening to us and not Word on Fire, more likely than not, you should be listening to Word on Fire and sometimes us. Yeah. Um, so, but we did get an offer to f actually fly out to California. What? Did I not tell you that? No. Yeah. Well, Carney and a couple other people just said that. Yeah. Come if you're ever in the area, we want to do a a Word on Fire slash Catholic Sub podcast, like in studio in California. Interesting. Almost, almost worth a trip. Yeah, it's with worth the trip. If back. not, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, great. It is. Um, it's a snowy day in Colorado. We have been begging the Lord for more moisture. Yes. And. Uh, the uh, the people I, I do get kind of annoyed at everything because uh, that's just my nature. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when people are like, "Oh, can we just hurry up and get to summer?" and I'm like, "If we don't get some moisture, yeah, it's just gonna be we're gonna be like on fire all of summer." Yeah. And then, sure enough, at the end of February, we had our first wildfire, mm. um, and then March March had a, had a few. Um, so I was talking to some of the firefighters. Um, and uh, that go to my parish. Um, and they were saying we need snow way more than rain because hmm. snow will actually stay longer and soak in. Yeah. 
So, See, I was driving up to Fort Collins yesterday, and the the mountain peaks were absolutely gorgeous, absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Sister Natalia, who moved out to Ohio to join the convent there, the monastery as they call it, uh, Christ the Bridegroom. Um, I always we always uh, FaceTime as I'm driving, and I obviously do not look at the uh, the camera except to glance down once or twice. But I always show her the mountains just to make her jealous. <laughs> Because <laughs> they don't have that, and they were so beautiful yesterday to drive up there. Because we were getting we were getting rain here, which was awesome. It was kind of like like Seattle weather for two or three days. Uh-huh. But then the mountains just were covered in snow, and the peaks were probably more beautiful than I've ever seen them before. Just really like yeah. in that moment, I looked up there. So, but yeah, now we got snow here. To, but it's been so warm that it didn't stick anywhere except the grass, which is actually perfect. So, yeah, safe was, driving. It was uh, it was like the light was just different for the past couple of days. Yeah. It's been overcast yeah. so that when the snow actually got on the mountains and then the clouds kind of cleared up, then all of a sudden, like, it was like you were seeing it for the first time. Yeah. I was like, this is why I love Colorado. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. Sorry, John. We're making, we're, we're leading <laughs> Father John and Father Mike into a near occasion. <laughs> Father Mike, shout out. Uh, he yeah. ran his first marathon in the pouring rain in Rome. Yeah. The 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 rome the roma maratona uh the madonna whatever it would be ending uh, at the uh coliseum coliseum yeah great place to end and beautiful and yeah and mike looked good his time was three hours and 45 minutes that's incredible that is incredible and now now something for a companion to beat Although Mike's just raps just one of these guys, and I don't even think he tries, or at least he doesn't whine about it. So My guess, <laughs> I don't know their times, but uh, Father Jason, Father Larkin, uh, Father Book, hmm. and Father Mike are the four that have uh, competed in marathons. Yeah. I don't think Father... Ma- Father... <coughs> I don't think you have. Nope. I certainly haven't. I have the bumper sticker 0.0 on the back of my yeah, car. Exactly. Or 0.1 distance to the fridge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> Father Greg might have run one. You think? I wouldn't be surprised. He's kind of kicking, I'm, I'm kicking you know no. what at everything he does. I'm betting no. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm trying to build him up. <laughs> I mean, I, I... What's your time, Father Greg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you have a time in your marathon, <laughs> let us know. So... Uh, this podcast is coming out, um, I think first week of Easter, we can make it. Well, we need one for next week, which is Holy week. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, John and Mike come out this week. We do Holy week, but we can do, we can do mine Holy week. And then you can, you just can come out the second week. Yeah. We should probably do that. Cause I'm talking about a very Easter topic. Okay. Nice. Okay. We can do that. Easy. Um, father, uh, Father Gronsky of Happy Memory, whose uh, whose anniversary of entrance into eternal life uh, we will celebrate in Holy Week. He actually passed away on April fourteenth, mm. uh, so Good Friday this year. Wow! Uh, definitely not looking forward to that day. Yeah. Not only can I not eat, um, <laughs> no like, comfort food, <laughs> no comfort food, uh, but Jesus is dying uh, and will have died. Um, so. That uh, that's not really something I'm looking forward to. But um, on the other side of that, uh, just literally the next day, or you know, like day and night, mm-hmm. um, we will celebrate the the resurrection of our Lord, and that is the only reason that any of these kind of anniversaries or 
you know, kind of sadnesses in our life can bear uh, a tinge of hope is that Christ has already risen from the grave. Amen. Um, and so Father Gronsky used to say in a lot of his talks with the seminarians, we talk a great deal about hell. And I actually think that hell should be part of our conversation, but far more should be heaven. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story uh, in the confessions of Monica and, um, and Augustine, St. Augustine and St. Monica just talking about heaven and are caught up into ecstasy hmm. um, because they are so enraptured with the thought of this, not just possibility, but really this hope, this yeah. reality. They had an authentic belief that it wasn't just um, a theological term that they were discussing, but a reality that they were not just hoping to participate in, but we're already participating yeah. in, which is why their souls could be um, enraptured and taken up um, for a brief moment to like share in that in that experience. Yeah, um, I think that the story of Saint Scholastica and Saint Benedict. Um, do you know when they were Saint Benedict visited Saint Scholastica in her cave and or in her monastery, and then uh, he had to go, but she was so um, happy that he was there and they were talking about spiritual things. Hmm. I don't know if it said spiritual things or if they were t discussing the spiritual life or heaven itself that, um, she wanted it to keep going on. Yeah. And then, you know, the storm came, hmm. she prayed that the storm would come. Anyways, oh, that's I a separate see. topic. I love that story. Hmm. Anyways. Um, I, I don't really reference heaven a lot Yeah. in funerals and funerals. You kind of have to, yeah. Um, but I don't think in just normal everyday conversation that heaven is uh part of my vocabulary. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, even, even in our own heads, it should be, I mean, I, I preached on this a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, how I actually was at the Gutterson Institute when I, when I said mass there, like we, we should, what, what I mean, I'm the context of heaven, like we should be praying praying for and thanking God for salvation every single day. Yeah. And we should be, you know, thanking God for him conquering death every single day. Like th those are the big things. He, he conquered death and brought us life. And, and we, we whine about the small things yes. when like he gave us the big things and all those small things that he lets happen or that, 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 you know, the positive and the negative are leading us towards that. Anyway, I, I have some thoughts on this. Go ahead. But I, I think it's, it's interesting. I want to talk whenever about what does it mean to recall heaven? Like what is so attractive about heaven? Like I, I would love to just talk to you or talk to any of my friends about it. Like, Hey, let's talk about heaven. Like, what does that mean? Like, like what, what, what makes our hearts leap and our minds soar? What am I thinking about? Yeah. I mean, most, much of what we are discussing in even like companions life yeah. in just normal kind of banter around whatever meal yeah. is like the day-to-day minutiae yeah. of, you know, I mean, we just had priestly assignments come out in the archdiocese. So that was the scuttle, scuttlebutt for, uh, you know, uh, an ample amount of our yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, before that, it's, I can't believe that this person did this, right. or that this person's <laughs> thinking about doing this. Yeah. And I can't believe that this happened to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't, 
it's not that I don't think that those things matter, um, but in comparison to the to the joy that is possible to those who are authentically destined for uh, eternal life with God, um, some of these things are kind of pale in comparison. Oh yeah, um, and I don't know how to make them. Um, I don't know how to make the everyday and ordinary and the minutia be seen in the light of heaven as both important and, and, and ways unimportant. Right. Um, so, um, I would even say it's like fulfilled, like like Christ fulfilled the Old Testament. All all the minutia of the law, all the minutia of the guidance and the prophets. I mean, all this stuff was fulfilled in one man and what he did. So you have all these all these decades and centuries of of God guiding his chosen people through the law. And then you can look back. And now that we understand the death and resurrection of Christ, we can look back through all the minutia of what the old Testament was and say, this specific thing, this one specific thing was fulfilled in the man, Jesus Christ. And in his death and resurrection, that might be a good thing to say every, all of our daily concerns, our daily worries, our anxieties, our joys, all these things are fulfilled in the resurrection. I think that's why, if we're saying, hey, you and I are going to talk about heaven right now, as as Augustine and Monica did, as, as Benedict and Scholastica did, you know, what what is that? It doesn't mean we're stepping away from our normal life and all of the concerns. We're actually saying, how are these things fulfilled? And if every single anxiety of every single day is fulfilled in heaven, then that should be the ongoing conversation. Like, yeah, we care about these things, but 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 these things are, are bound for fulfillment. And then... Mm-hmm. That's how I think the conversation becomes so joyful is, is we're not just leaving these things behind, but they're actually fulfilled and made perfect and beautiful by the reality that we hope for that what we're in a sense already participating in, as you said. Father Gronsky would quote this line from T.S. Eliot's, uh, I don't know what poem, um, but to care and not to care. To care and not to care. And so to care about this life in such a way that there is, like, this life matters. Yeah. We're not just mercenaries. Or we're not just, like, passing through this life because, you know, I, I guess that's the way I get. We're not just enduring it. Yeah. For a time. But there is there is a sense in which, like, we have to care legitimately about this life, but also not care so much that it would detract us, like distract us from uh, from the appreciation of the life to come. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I looked, uh, I looked in the catechism. There's just a you know a part of the reason why the catechism you know discusses heaven is at the end of the creed we say I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the last thing that we say. Um, so everything that happened before that is for the sake of the end you know yeah. you you um what is whatever what is what is last in completion is first in intention yeah so the first paragraph of the catechism is calling to mind that god who's infinitely perfect has actually allowed us as creation to participate in his own uh in his own blessed life yeah um so we are ordered back to him uh, so I just looked briefly at at, at the catechism. We're in uh, catechism ten twenty three through ten twenty nine. 
I mean, that's only like seven paragraphs. So it's not like the, the catechism spends a whole lot of time talking about this. But, I mean, if you want, just the first one. Those who die in God's grace and friendship and are perfectly purified live forever with Christ. They are like God forever, for they see him as he is face to face. By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has opened for us, opened heaven to us. The life of the blessed consists in the perfect and full possession of the fruits of the redemption accomplished by Christ. He makes partners in his heavenly glorification, those who have believed in him and remained faithful to his will. Heaven is the blessed communion community of all who are perfectly incorporated into, into Christ. It goes on. Theologically, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a host of different ways that we can describe heaven. But just briefly, what do you most want in heaven? Yeah. Like for you, like what, what do you most want? Or what kind of astounds you about heaven? Oh, I think the first thing, this is probably revealing too much, but I think the first thing I really want is like rest. Yeah. I just want to like, I want to say I'm, I've eaten enough, I've got enough sleep and I can just, I can just rest. And so it's kind of a weird image, but I think the, the, the heart of it, of course, is there. And like I said, in the catechism, you're there with Christ. So like I'm resting because I'm, I'm good with God and he's good with me. Yeah. Like, like, you know, there, there, there's nothing. I have a totally clean conscience and I have all the things that I'm lacking have been filled and, and I, I rest and I, as soon as I open my eyes, he's there. Like as soon as I open, as open my eyes there, there's a, there's a community of, of God and, and everybody that I love is there as well in Christ. So I guess my friends would be rest. And then when I'm, when I'm resting, I'm resting, but I'm resting in the presence of God and everybody that I love, everybody that I love. And, and we're all in perfect communion with each other. There's no more tension. Right. There's perfect self, self-giving love and rest. Yeah. I love uh, Father Mike Rapp's story. He had a dream about Jesus mm. and uh, him and Saint, uh, who was it? It was one, one of the Swedish saints, I think. They were skiing. Uh, they were skiing through the clouds. Nice. But the only thing that was like yeah, impoverished in the vision was Jesus was a snowboarder. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, and then like, like Mike was like, he would like totally ate it on one of the clouds. Uh, but then they just, he didn't feel any pain. He just laughed, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, and they all just laughed together. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this um, the other day because I, I just, um, I was thinking about Jesus, like seeing, Jesus seeing St. Joseph for like the first time. What would it be like for Jesus who in his humanity saw his earthly father die and for him to die on the cross and to like commend his spirit into God, the father's hands. And then somehow for, I don't know when, I don't know what, what point he, he saw his dad. amazing yeah and very very human because he was human yeah so uh for me 
something in the vision of heaven calls to mind like all of the people that I've loved and who have loved me, uh, that we would somehow, like you said, be in communion, be in friendship, to like experience together something more um, in this life, like in this blessed life. Um, and we've all experienced that, like whether it's meals or or even liturgy um, or kind of recreation, like going on trips together or whatever. Like we taste that. And we want it to go on forever. Yeah. Um, and in that regard, heaven will be that. Yeah. You know, sometimes we get we get an idea of we're just going to be sitting on harps or sitting yeah. on clouds, like yeah. playing harps and, <laughs> you know, like watching each other, like looking at each other naked without being, you know, kind of uh, perverted or something. Yeah. Um, and everybody's around Jesus and he just keeps reading the catechism <laughs> to them or something, <laughs> you know, or you're at mass all of the time. And yeah. I, I think there is... There is liturgy in heaven. And if you haven't experienced like or appreciated liturgy in this life, uh find somewhere where you can. Yeah. Um don't leave the church by all means. Um but uh sometimes, you know, just experiencing different aspects of the liturgy uh can lead you to to just rejoice that that heaven this will be there. Yeah. You know? Um so I, I I I I guess part of the the delight of heaven is how uh, how satisfying it is to know that this is not this is not eternity. Yeah. Like uh, again, you know, I got Father Garansky on the brain, but he said eternal life without God is hell. Hmm. If you yeah. can imagine yeah. this this life as we live it now without God, with a possibility of union with God. It's hell. Yeah. Driving down I-25 today without the possibility of God is hell. <laughs> it's just like this road is never ending. People are constantly uh, aggressors. Um, I'm an aggressor, and uh, none of this matters. Yeah. I make this appointment. I make that appointment, whatever. It, it, it goes on in succession, but without without hope. Yeah. I was reminding somebody the other day that in the in the— then the inferno by Dante above the door to hell is abandoned hope. All you who enter here. So without heaven, we don't have hope. Yeah. So if we live our lives without, you know, pondering heaven, we are living hopeless, despairing lives. Yeah. You know, one, one thing I've said before is that there's, you know, I, I've been here in Denver now for 12 years. And before I, I had my priestly community with you guys, I was always kind of, whether I knew it or not, looking for a good community. I was looking for it everywhere. And I, you know, found most of the people I was hanging out with were not Christian. And that was just because there were the people I interacted with in, my, in the coffee shops I went to, et cetera. So, um, but one of the one thing I found is that once I did join the companions, once I did have kind of a, a resting in community, like, like an assured intentional community, I actually able to have stronger relationships with my non-Christian friends. Like, yes. because I, it, it I, they're not my main community. I don't, I don't take from them and give to them as much as I do with my other intentional community. And I don't need to, you know, I can, I can have appointments canceled on me and I can do all these things and it doesn't hurt me as much as it used to it or even really at all, because I can rest in something else. But it's, it's hard because as I, I, as I build relationships with them, 
I also have to remind myself, this is not a true relationship because we're not in communion with each other. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about when we're all receiving the Eucharist, we're all receiving the sacraments, we're all in the body of Christ. That's real community. And that's what I need to be laboring for. And I can almost see the devil saying like, hey, I'm going to show you that these are excellent relationships. Like you're, you're so in communion with these people, you know, and, and I'm like, yes, I am. And that's good. But, but it's still not eternal. Like these relationships are not yet bound for eternity. I hope they are. And I, and I, I really hope they are, but there's something about that tension. And that's another thing that I think what heaven will be like, I'll, I'll look around the table if you want to see heaven as kind of the heavenly banquet, you know, the, the wedding banquet of the sun. We're sitting around the table with these people that we're in real community with, and it's like, here's the people that I, I, I was laboring for. Here's the people I was praying for daily. Here's the people I was worried about, you know, and, and, and myself, I'm resting there because I, I was worried about my own salvation, and now here I am, and now I'm looking at these people that I did worry and labor and work for, you know, if I do that properly for my non, non you know, Christian friends, those who are not accepting the baptism of Jesus Christ, and therefore participation in theosis in heaven, you know, and so there's, I think that's another joy is that, is that those who I love, but that are not in communion with the body of Christ and therefore not as far as I can understand it bound for heaven, I can say, Oh, look, they're here too. You know, yeah. what a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I mean, it goes to my final point, which is what we are talking about is not just a reality that is to come, but is a reality yes. that in some way we can participate in now. Yeah. So even the even the things that we've described um, aren't necessarily things that will can only be found in the life to come. Right. I mean the 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 startling point in this weekend's gospel, at least for us, was you know raising of Lazarus. Um, you know she says Martha says, "I believe, Lord, that my brother will rise mm -hmm. one day, but not yet." And Jesus says, "Martha, I am the resurrection and the life." Yeah now yeah um you don't have to wait you know to a later date um granted like that doesn't happen for a lot of people people who have suffered miscarriages or have lost loved ones or are suffering from cancer or um are poor uh, in in a multitude of ways they can feel like well it's nice that jesus was there then but uh but what about now yeah so when Jesus when Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life without having resurrected. Hmm. Um so then wouldn't the converse be true that if Jesus can say then that he is the resurrection and the life even before it's happened. Yeah. Can he still be the the resurrection and the life even if like hmm. he's already resurrected but uh we're not participating yeah. in it yet. Yeah. Um good point. So um, a lot of these things that we worry about now, yeah. we rightfully worry about because it's in them that we find blessedness. We find a participation in the eternal beatitude that we long for, the communion that at times we can't find on this earth. We shouldn't just throw up our arms and say, well, I'll never be able to have communion. Right. No, we should work towards it. Yeah. Um, but understand that there will be times where there will not we won't realize it fully yeah in our in our priestly brotherhood that's certain in our families that's certain in our parishes that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> manifestly certain <laughs> um 
but it's not it's not like we can't work towards that right um so but i but if we if we are considering heaven and the things of heaven uh i think if that influences our um our day-to-day lives we'll be better off yeah yeah i i think that there is and how, I mean, how to use that for evangelization. There, there's something offered. You know, my mom tells a story about when she was, when my grandfather was dying and, and she was kind of trying to convince him to, uh, to go to confession and, and return to the faith and receive the Eucharist again. He'd been away from it for years and years. And when she was doing this, she was kind of talking about heaven. That's what she was doing. She was saying, you know, do you know, dad, when you, when you die and get to heaven, like your, your mom, your, he thought his, he saw his dad murdered right in front of him when he was 10 years old. I mean, just, it, it was the wild west, you know? So he saw his dad murdered in front of him. And then, you know, his, his mom then tried to raise them and then she died. And then, you know, his loss of his siblings, most of them the drinking, it was like, it was like, it was these horrible, tragic deaths in his life. And, and so when my mom said, you know, you're going to see all them again, like they're going to be there to greet you when you get into heaven, you know? And he said, what? And it's like, I mean, he's, he's this 90 something year old man. He's been in this world a long time. Right. And, and she said, yeah. And she said, you know, that's one of the great joys of heaven. And he said, well, you should tell more people that <laughs> like, like, like this is not something that's well known. Right. And, and I, uh, my mom thought it was, I thought it was, you know, so there was something about how do we use the joys of heaven for evangelization. And not only, like you said, not only to say, by the way, if you reform your life, you will have this one day. But if you reform your life, if you participate in Christ's grace, you can have this now. Yes. You know, like you, you can actually participate in this now. And even the liturgy going on in heaven, when we gather for liturgy, I mean, sometimes we get so frustrated with people in the liturgy, in our own church, in our own parishes. Like these are the people that we should be resting in because we are doing as much as we know. Rumpf. Rumpf. Um, we are doing as much as we know, and we're all participating in the Eucharist here. So these are the people that I'm resting in and having the hope in now. But the devil knows that, and he gets sometimes us the most frustrated with people that are, are in church. I was saying Mass for the Sisters of Life on Thursday, and like I just closed my, my eyes at one point when, when Sister was reading the Gospel, and I just was listening to her voice and saying, there's something so engaging and communal about ha- celebrating the Mass together they they hear my voice, I hear their voice. We're praying together. This is a little taste of heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, like hearing the word of God proclaimed as she was doing the first reading. You know, I'm proclaiming the word of God when I'm doing the gospel, receiving the Eucharist together here in this little church, time and space kind of coming together in this one moment. It was just a beautiful meditation upon, hopefully, we have divine hope. Like, I'll, I will be with in heaven with these exact women and will be kind of saying, this is nostalgic. We did this before. Like, here we are in heaven with each other, yeah. but we actually experienced this before. That one time in Denver, Colorado, in the house, saying Mass, the many times we did that, you know. Yeah. I think there's something nostalgic about heaven to say, yes, we, we've actually been already participating in this. We just didn't realize it in its fullness as we do now. That's yeah. the kingdom, you know, here but not yet. Which is when we, the only way we have access to heaven is through Christ. Yeah. So the way in which we experience heaven is through him. And the way in which we convert is through him and the way in which we, um, the way in which we love one another now is through him. So, uh, part of it is, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, we should talk more about this. You know, we should talk more about the possibility of seeing your loved ones and whatever else. Well, then we have to talk about Jesus Yeah, because without him, none of this matters. Yeah. 
um, through him, all of it is open to us. Yeah. And we should look like sincerely at, at heaven and say, I want that. Well, the way in which you get that is through him. Right. And actually coming to know him, coming to serve him, coming to give yourself for him uh, and allowing him to be just a transformative, uh, yeah, like partner with you, your savior, that will change everything. Yeah. You know, the other day it was like I had to talk to these kids at um, in our Y Disciple group at St. Joan of Arc about vocation. And at the end, I'm just like, look, if you don't know Jesus, none of vocation matters. Right. You know, like if you don't know Jesus, Christian morality, sexual morality, uh, who can receive the Eucharist, who can't, social justice, whatever else, none of it matters. Yeah. None of it. So if you come to know him, then all these things do matter. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I guess I'm, I guess what we're, we're coming to is, you know, we are living in the light of the resurrection now. Mm-hmm. Easter, you know, has finally happened. Thanks be to God. We are saying this early, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we kind of have a good idea that yes. it's going to happen. Um, and uh, if it does, if, if Christ has risen from the grave, uh, then, then we have uh, been given an entrance point into God himself, you know, mm-hmm. into, into the, the Trinitarian union and communion that they, that they share forever. Yeah. Um, so rejoice in that. You know, like I, I'm certainly excited for Easter just cause, you know, I, I think it just has a different flavor. Mm. I feel bad for the rest of the world that doesn't know yeah. like that Easter has dawned Yeah, because I swear, like when Easter happens, the whole world changes. Yeah. Um, even Sundays, like I think Sunday has a different flavor and color and tone and whatever, Absolutely. even time, time's different on Sundays. Yeah. So if we experience Christ's resurrection now, then I think it will only uh, be better for us the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Yeah, uh, that that's that's beautiful. And I, the, <clears throat> the acknowledgement of that and the reminder that we are sharing in that now, you know that that's why heaven is heaven, communion with God, and therefore communion with each other. But um, why why don't we every day sit and reflect for a moment that we are we are a people. And I am a person that Jesus sacrificed everything for, gave everything for, uh, rose with, and um, desires that I I continue to appreciate, stand in awe, and thank God for what He's given me. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about doing a holy hour every day. We talk about doing these different things, but like a very specific part of our prayer every day should be just just enjoying the reality of the kingdom of heaven, the way it is that Jesus has offered to us, and and you know, be at least joyfully happy for a bit of each day. Try even forcing ourselves sometimes to to remember that mm-hmm. anamnesis that as the Greek word is participate in it yeah Amen. So I think we can say it early. He is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He's truly risen. Indeed, he is. Christo aneste. Alitos anesti. Christos vos crece. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Getting some Slav in there. And then uh, Christus surexi. Very surexy. Uh, very surexy. That's uh, that's the shout out to Keith Kenny. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, other shout outs now. Other shout outs. I only have a few. Because okay, um, I have quite a few, so go ahead. All right. So first to Stacy Creeters. Um, she said that apparently receiving a shout out is the pinnacle of the young adult Catholic <laughs> world. Um, so uh, God bless you. I hope you're well. Um, 
I wanted to re- just let everyone know that uh, Matthew Kelly is coming to Denver uh, for a dynamic Catholic event. That's August 26th at the Belco Theater at the Convention Center. Nice. If you have any interest, I think he's a wonderful speaker. Mm-hmm. I heard him speak a long time ago at a Focus Conference, and uh, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for us to grow um, in faith and fellowship. So uh, thank you, Jenny uh, Pergola, for letting me know that uh, I should do that. Um, yeah, I heard him speak at Amazing Parish Conference a couple weeks ago, and it was great. Yeah, I, I'd never heard him speak before. I've read some of his stuff, but he was he's a great stage presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was another one. I know John Leindecker said that uh, he was getting, he felt a little out of the loop. You know, he just hadn't received enough love on the podcast. <laughs> it's been a few months without a shout out. So. Yeah, it's been, it's been like, you know, two podcasts. So uh, I had a great conversation with him. Nice. Uh, he's he's uh, a wonderful man. And yeah. uh, I look forward to spending most of the resurrection with you. Nice. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make it in before you do. Um, but uh, when you get there, we're going to have a great time. <laughs> I will be there to welcome you. That's <laughs> yeah. right. And my tolerance is going to be amazing in heaven, and I will outdrink you. <laughs> Another thing to look forward to in heaven. In exactly. All right. A couple of shout-outs we got give. Uh, Michael Wanta from Luke Powers. Uh, Shout-out. Came and visited the parish. Um, also, uh, Sister Carolyn, the vocations director for the Sisters of St. Francis of the Martyr St. George. Um, she's a... Uh, uh, avid listener of the podcast. Wait, Sister Carolyn? Yes. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. great. She is great. She came up to my parish, and uh, it was like a meeting of two souls that <laughs> have been old friends for some time. Yeah. So. I, I, I unfortunately did not get a lot of time to talk to her. I saw her twice. We literally, we were in the same restaurant. I mean, just randomly, randomly same restaurant. I went in there with my buddy, and she was there with the priest. And I walked in, and I saw a priest walk in, and I go, oh, Father. And he says, Oh hey, and I said I'm I'm a priest too. My name is Father Michael O'Loughlin. He goes, oh, okay, where are you at? I said, well, I'm I'm the, I'm the Byzantine parish in, in you know parish in town. So he goes over and he goes, I'm here with a couple nuns, and he goes and sits down with them. And then as I walk by, Sister Carolyn stands up and goes, I'm Sister Carolyn. I was the one who emailed you, yeah. and she said when he said there was a Byzantine priest, I was like, there's only one Byzantine priest in, in Denver, one. which is actually there's three, but um, there, there's only one in Denver. And so anyway, it was the most random running into someone that I saw. I think I said it the next day. So yeah. God bless you, Sister. Carolyn, thanks for listening, and, and uh, yeah, if you're uh, if you want the Franciscan spirituality and you're discerning, you women listeners, the uh, Sisters of St. Francis of the Martyrs St. George, check them out. They're great. They are great. All right, um, Sonia McGarrity, uh, neighbors to Sean Dalton, um, gave us Tullamore Dew and Southern Comfort, wow. her with all of her kiddos, and her oldest son, Thomas, came over to visit me when I was, at, when I was having Thomas dinner with the Daltons. Thomas McGarrity. A uh, great family, great layout. Of, of all the things I was impressed with, they have the most awesome kitchen. Like she, she's literally stationed her computer and everything in the kitchen so she can kind of keep an eye on all the kids, whether outside, inside. It's this massive kitchen. And I was like, oh, this is this. I would have liked to have grown up in this kitchen. It was command it was really cool. station. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. A command station. All right. Um, I got this letter from uh, Brother Tim, Father Michael. Could you please give a shout out to Riley Yule from Dallas, Texas, when you record next? Please remember. <laughs> Really cool girl who sent us a Facebook message. I was going through them quickly and said, thanks for listening to the show, man. Then it clicked send. Then I realized my mistake. Wrote back and she laughed it off, but also said she'll forgive us only if I get a shout out. Anyway, when you record, just keep it general. (laughs) We actually called her man. I just said the whole thing. I just probably should have done that. Anyway, Riley Yule. Thanks for listening, Riley. And uh, sorry that we called you man. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, uh, really quickly, message from Ireland, Helen Kirane, I think K-I-R-R-A-N-E, Kirane, uh, sent us uh, chocolate whiskey truffles from Ireland because she said she could not send us whiskey. So we'll have to have those after Yum. Lent is over. And one last one, actually not last one, I got a book uh, by Stephen Pressfield, the same author who wrote Gates of Fire that I did the podcast on. And this is another book called The Lion's Gate. I have not read it yet from Keith Schneider in Saratoga, Wyoming. So uh, thanks, buddy, for the book. I appreciate it. I'll be checking that out. And we had then one from uh, Andrea Polito. Oh, yeah. And I, did, I thought I wrote it down. Oh, I know where it is. Um, Can I do mine first? Absolutely. Go ahead. We want to we want to thank publicly uh, Linda Gerzewski, Linda Linda Gerzewski, uh from New Jersey. Uh, I think she's from New Jersey um, for our wonderful, specifically designed and color coded prayer shawls. Both Michael and I are wearing them now, so um, thank you so much. Mine is, we'll take a picture and post it, mine is red, white, and maroon, Nice, um, because I said on a podcast that red was my favorite liturgical color. Nice, and mine is is blue, dark blue, light blue, and white, because I said that blue is my favorite color because of the Mother of God, so... So Got our prayer shawls. Thank you, Linda. Thank You're you awesome. so much. She is the hippest, like, post-60-year-old woman <laughs> I have ever heard of. Um, she went to a Sting concert and brought along a walker, not because she needed needed it, but because she wanted a place to sit Yes, uh, during the concert. So, And she's been to multiple Sting concerts. Oh, yeah. Like, if we ever have Sting she's on the legit. show, we'll have to... Uh... So thank you so much, Linda. God Shout bless out you. you again. Um, uh, hope you're well. Yes, and a shout-out and a prayer request for uh, Katie Garcia from Andrea Polito. Um, Katie's just not doing well health-wise, and, and uh, so please keep her in prayers. Right, and the same way with uh, Beverly. Um, Beverly uh, from Champaign, uh, both wonderful women uh, that we ask God's uh, blessing and, and favor towards. Amen. Okay. God bless you all, folks. Uh, happy Easter. We will see you soon. Yeah, Catholics Up Podcast at Gmail. Check it out on Facebook. Like us on iTunes. All that disclaimers at the end. So God bless you. Yes, Christ is risen. He is truly risen. See ya.